My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. What is going on, ladies and gents? Welcome back to the Rise Productive Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics that we've been bonding over for a little while, uh, how, we, how we go to bed, a little bedtime routine action. The bedtime routine action, it is a conglomerate of the self-care over corrections, all coming into one, should be an exciting episode. I'm so stoked and stoic about it. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> doing well, I'm doing well. Um, we had the Missouri Valley Conference cross-country meet this Friday, and it went, it went it went pretty well for me and the team. Um, it's our highest finish as a team at Loyola since 2013. So really excited for the guys. The girls bagged it again with the win three in a row. Very impressive. And uh, it was a good weekend. Other than that, just catching up on school stuff, trying to grind through a, a week of midterms here in the midst of uh, the postseason cross-country season. And it was, yeah, I went out there, uh, it was nice to show up, take a day off from work, just go down and be there and be like, yo, what's up? And then, I mean, to be frank, in my career, uh, that me was, uh, it was a disappointing uh, experience. Generally speaking, we had goals that we never hit uh, going into that. Maybe my freshman year, we hit like a goal and we like improved, but it was not like that for a while. Or not often, at least. At least in Chance's career so far, I'd, I'd, he's two years younger than me. I guess since you've been around, no, this is definitely the the happiest and most fulfilled the team has seen or seemed afterwards. And it was it was just nice to be there. Uh, we went. It was rainy. Uh, it was muddy. Uh, Chance was mud, the mud boy. Uh, he he gutted it out. It was pretty. It was pretty dope to watch. Proud of my guy. Uh, proud of all the guys. Honestly, I think across the board, it, it's cool. It's cool to go back and see that stuff. Feel. I felt a little like the old outside looking in. I was like, dang. But also, I'm like, eh. I'm old. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was fun having Dimitri there, though. It was. It was cool having alumni represent, coming out there in the mud and the the yuckiness of it all. But I'm glad I was able to show up. I was terribly nervous going into that race so that was a good result but uh how are you dimitri i'm living the dream as per usual as i tell everyone at work and in life every (laughs) single day i'm just living the dream if i tell myself often enough i will believe it and the question is am i believing it we'll leave that up to interpretation um no things are good uh it was nice seeing you guys uh friday hung out most of saturday Uh, i tried this this ramen place off of pratt it was really good, dude. I'm trying to think what you're talking about. Pratt and what? It's a boba. It was a boba tea. Uh, it's it's the um, very over the top. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the very over the top. Like this is a boba tea place. Uh, sort of colorful advertising that's on Pratt, right next to where SB Kebab used to be. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Across nice. the street, it's like, yep, yeah. I like that it a lot. That that's cool. I have not been to that place down. Uh, we we lived right over there, but we. I'm genuinely upset. You and I never went. Yeah, we never acknowledged that place's existence. I'm mad. Damn. We'll have to go there sometime in the near future. But I'm glad you had a nice visit to Rogers Park. Me and Dimitri yep. had a nice uh, brainstorming session yesterday. We have all the episodes planned out for the rest of the year, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. Consider considering how close we are to the end of the year, but also being, I don't know, we got the next eight planned out. So that's, that's a good feeling. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I think just, just for your guys's uh, reference, we got a lot of things planned for the podcast. Got a lot of good things going. You guys are really supporting the podcast. Uh, leave a review if you haven't already. Uh, just a quick tip for anyone who wants to leave a review since it's mildly confusing on Apple Podcasts. Not going to lie. Not great job, Apple. Uh, scroll to the bottom. Uh, press the five stars there for us. If you like it, if you don't like it, you know what? Tell us that too. If, if, you, if you think we suck, just say you suck. <laughs> like don't leave like a mad hate comment. Just like leave you suck and that'll suffice. 
because um, honestly, you putting more effort into it is just bad, right? So, um, it, but besides that, I just want to say thanks for all the support. It's been a great month, best month we've had in the history of the Rise Productive Podcast. So, thank you, everyone. And with that, we're just going to keep on rising and get into the enthusiast quote of the week. We have a quote here from Epictetus, hopefully tying in well to today's conversation. Epictetus says, how long are you going to wait before you demand the best for yourself? Short and sweet. Boom. Very nice quote. Um, I like this because I think as we've discussed many times on this podcast, self-care and system improvements, two different categories, but they're intertwined in a sense. It's easy for those to get lost by the wayside. And when you're thinking about the best for yourself, what is going to be the best version of yourself? It's going to be every I dot dotted and every T crossed every little part of that, because the big tasks at hand, they're daunting, but we're going to get those things done. It's those little things that you do with your time that round out the best version of yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, it's going to be interesting when we get into the topic of this, but like I used to get, and it's weird because there's a, there's a contradiction with one of my favorite quotes but it's funny how these, these logical things work. Uh, it, it contradicts a little bit the Voltaire quote. However, it, it factors in the whole what's under your control thing. Because it's one thing to, to have the Voltaire quote kind of lead your life and be like, perfect's the enemy of good. But it's another thing to just be complacent. So it's interesting how these two things together kind of create, in my opinion, the perfect mindset of how to approach things like, 80, basically 80, 20 it is like, just do it, but also do it pretty well, but don't overdo it because like, come on guy, like we know how 80, 20 works. <laughs> oh, 80 here, a little 80, 20 Tim Ferriss here. Won't be the last time it gets brought up today. I promise nope. you that. How do you want to, Oh, do you want to do the plug real quick before we get into today's topic? Yeah, I do want to do a plug. So this episode is sponsored by Shortform. Shortform is the best place to get your book summaries on the internet. It has so much more functionality than other ones out there. If you go to shortform.com slash Dimitri, you can find an amazing opportunity to get Shortform free for five days. And essentially, they make new and publish new book guides and articles every week. And subscribers, interestingly enough, get to vote on what books that they would like to be reviewed. So when you subscribe to this, you get an option and you get a hand in what books you're going to get reviewed. I personally like the productivity, self-help, and the entrepreneurial books that are on there. And once again, you can go to shortform.com slash Dimitri. It'll be in the podcast notes down below and you'll be able to get a five-day free trial through my special link. Yep, go check that out. Super cool app. Dimitri actually got me hip to this very recently and I was checking out some books that I recently read myself and it serves as a nice tool, not only of accurately giving you all the main ideas of a book, but if you're ever looking to refresh yourself on an old book that you used to read for some kind of review or recommendation to a friend, it's a great resource for that as well. So go check out that link. Yes. And getting into the topic of today's podcast, after that wonderful plug, we're going to talk about just the wonders of a, of a nighttime routine. It's just crazy that, I don't know, I think probably you and I, while you know, we're into stuff and we try to pay attention to things, I don't think either of us really gave enough effort towards like this prior to this year. Yeah, that is definitely true. And for me, probably even prior to the the yoga, 30-day yoga challenge, I really mm. wasn't much up to a full night routine. But um, yeah, it, I would always, you know, be doing the time blocking and all this stuff. But I remember when we first sat down to time block, I only scheduled out 30 minutes between, I believe, like chilling and then going to bed. I didn't schedule any kind yeah. of any leeway time into that where we're like slowly, you know, building down and kind of relaxing the body before going to bed and said it would just be high stimulation and then try to hit the bed. And it's unrealistic. It's not, it's not good. I, I definitely noticed a massive change when I started doing the reading challenge. So this is when I first noticed like, this is important. Uh, I did the reading challenge after, right when we were kind of talking about uh, four hour work week and that like 
information from Tim Ferriss of being like, read fiction before bed. And I was like, all right, man. Uh, okay. I did. At the same time, I was doing the, the reading challenge and I'm like, bro, I sleep like a baby. This is wonderful. And that, that is like the first step that I made personally, um, to getting better sleep. But we've opt- I've optimized that since you've optimized that since and we're going to get into that in the topic today. Yeah. And so we're going to go through the different parts of the nightly routine that me and Dimitri have kind of formulated and share together. I wouldn't say our nightly routines look the exact same, but they share a lot of the same aspects. So the first one that we're going to kick it off with, hopefully this will be mostly chronological, is some soft music to get you ready for a nice lullaby to bed. For me, um, this is actually something that Dimitri got me on too. I believe when we had talked about um, triggering flow state, and yeah. the emphasis of music, we got into a conversation about how productive, just repetitious music can be for completing tasks and getting yourself into a kind of zone where it's like, all right, let's get everything like done for the next day. Just like menial tasks or even really tedious and hard work. Music can get you in good state. So for me, I typically, I have a long-term uh, affection for uh, lo-fi hip-hop beats so oh, yeah. it'll be it'll be that or some coffee house jazz i'll pop that in and try to listen to that while i'm completing some of my tasks for the next day i try to make a smoothie and my lunch for the next day the night before so i'll typically jam out while i'm doing that it's a nice way to kind of end some conversations with the roommates and try to get into a zone of like all right like we're moving towards getting to bed and at the same time, incredibly soothing. Yeah. It's really nice. I think interestingly enough, uh, I, I do something very similar. I could use lo-fi, I could use smooth coffee house jazz, house jazz, but I have like, I have one specific track that I'm listening to on the call map. Uh, fortunately enough, the family uses the call map. So I'm just using that guy right now. Uh, I'm going to pull up the name of it for those who have the call map because I feel like that would be, valuable to those of you who want to but Nowaki, it's spelled n-i-w-a-k-i so that track on the call maps really nice it's soft they have a bunch of sleeping music on there which is smart honestly the call maps are really great app that and headspace i don't have a preference i just have never tried headspace i know you have had headspace before uh it's it's crazy how much better even the science has shown about this and i'm going to do a video on my bedtime routine funny enough chance uh, pulled up the same study. So if you want to want to give that little anecdote about how great soft music can be before you go to bed. Yeah, so this was study was, where are we looking at this from? This is from the National Library of Medicine, I believe is what it said. It says, mm-hmm. adults who listen to 45 minutes of music before going to bed reported having better sleep quality beginning on the very first night. And what was incredibly crazy about this is that they had a select group of women that experienced insomnia. And they said before adding music to their evening routine, it took participants from 27 to 69 minutes to fall asleep. And after adding music, it only took 6 to 13 minutes. If you're doing the math on that, that's a quarter amount of the time it take it took them before to now getting to sleep. That's wicked. That's That's awesome. It's an insane number if you think about it. And the the number only got better after um the, the study was 10 consecutive nights. And I think that's where they pulled the six number from. So that's where you're yeah. seeing the, the low end consequence of that. But absolutely insane how adding, I mean, 45 minutes is a substantial amount of blow buying yourself to sleep. But it's, I mean, it, you make it up back when you're gaining back from 69 minutes of taking time to fall asleep to now six minutes you just gained back over an hour of your time it's crazy and all you're doing is honestly let's be real people all you're doing is taking entertainment at the end of the night and a big thing for me is like why do i get up early it's like because then you have to go to bed early and that is inherently where the majority of your wasted hours are i know i I care too much about productivity at times however during the work week like if you like what you do, I, I like love getting up to make the videos. So that's why I value my time so much. Uh, taking that hour, right, or 45 minutes and just putting the music in and switching that mode to the to like the starting to sleep. And a big reason that I use that same 
music every night is the routine aspect of it as well as i remember the study saying that as time goes on you improve that level of of sleep from this type of uh, a soft music so it gets like people experience it on the first night and then it gets better as chance said the six to 13 minutes is where they're at at the end uh which is crazy and for me it's a nice way to be like i'm gonna put my phone in another room because there's no change in the content I'm going to be consuming. I'm just going to have my AirPods in and get the the soft music going in. And then I can go into the next part of our routine, which we both kind of share. It's just like, you know, the nice little skincare, brushing your teeth aspect of it. Yeah, I think you're actually doing a three-day challenge on this. I don't know if you're done with that or if you've already done it, you're doing it. I don't recall exactly, but this is something that I've just done for for years. I think it's been something that always gets me into the sleeping mode again. It's, I think, a a broad generalization about a lot of these practices is that we're just trying to get ourselves into the thought of getting to bed and sleeping because I think a lot of people like to immediately go from studying to hitting the pillow. And when you don't mentally prepare for sleep, just like you would for an exam or any other task you need to do in your life, you're not going to perform at the highest level. So for me, this is more ritualistic. I don't really see gigantic gains in this, but I just I just make sure I take time after I take out my contacts and brush my teeth to put my glasses aside, splash water all over my face, dry my face, and yeah, it's just a part of the thing that I do. And Dimitri, you probably have more to say about the skin routine, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I think so for a while. I mean, so I have very cystic acne. Uh, it's a situation where I have very minor control. I mean, you remember the thing on my nose last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's out of my control. I can't really do anything about that. Um, maybe having a good skincare routine can like help mitigate like those events from happening, but they, they will still happen. So like for a while I had a very interesting thought process regarding skincare. I was like, what is the point? Like, I'm literally just not going to do skincare at all. (laughs) And then recently I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop being so like negative about the subject. And what's within my control is like, I can have like the normal acne will be better if I have a skincare routine. Maybe the cysts will still have problems or whatever, but it's just good for my overall skin health to, and I'm going to be on camera for a while. So I might as well not look awful. And (laughs) like, that's where I went with that. And I, I thought about it a lot and I was like, okay, so this music thing's great. I think a big ping thing about this music is it's a cue you know, we're talking about atomic habits, cue, craving, <laughs> response, reward. It's like cue, music. Okay, music equals then I go skincare routine. And honestly, skincare routine is where for me, self-care meets overly productive person. So I'm obsessed with the fact that there's a checkbox and it also gives me an extra like five to 10 minutes to what? To get more music to lull me to sleep. It's just a time fill, but it's also good for me. You know what I'm saying? Because like, what else am I, I going to do? do? Stare into space? <laughs> yeah, see, and that's why I, I try to fill the time with meal prepping for the next day. But yeah, skincare is just another place that you can go with that time that you're using to listen to music. So yeah, I, I think that's a good way to fill that. I didn't realize that. And it's also, you made a nice connection there with um Atomic Habits because I forget the exact phrase that he coined there but essentially using that positive momentum where we're building one positive habit on top of the the next in some kind of habitual habit batching habit batching is it that might be right yeah maybe but yeah anyway the the fundamental concept is that we're building a, a habitual natural sequence to things where it, it naturally makes sense that once I start this music, then I do the skincare and then I oh, go into stacking. the next step. Sorry, habit stacking. Step. Yes. Yeah. Habit stacking. That is correct. Yes. But building a natural sequence of things is super important. So skincare is definitely one place you can go into that sequence. Yeah. I think what's interesting, and I've noticed this since I've I don't know. A lot of things this year have helped improve my mental clarity. I feel better in general. It's like the the journaling, the the intentionality of a lot of things in my life. And I've, I've been able to, and I've made a lot of weird references and I've made some hand motions that no one can see on the podcast, but chances to be able to see them. Like, it's like the whole outside and then like looking in, like when I visualize 
the the routine it's like the overall is the music right the whole overall um outside layer the outline of everything is the music and then within that we're trying to fill the rest of the space with other things that also help you sleep which also could be minorly productive but more in the sense that it's productively good for you than my stupid like all the time during the day i'm trying to be productive but what i'm doing here is like for me at least with my bedtime routine i'm trying to take that overall outline and fill the inside of it conceptually with things that are productively good for me because the rest of the day i associate with don't turn your brain off be a machine get stuff done enjoy it obviously but for the nighttime it's like i'm doing all these things so that i can turn my brain off which is the opposite no that makes sense and i think i don't do a perfect job of having the music being the underlying task for all the other tasks just because well a couple of things i like i want i meditate in silence that'll be one thing that we'll talk about next but i also do yoga with um the down dog app still so i need to find a i might just build my own yoga routine or like a couple sets of routines because kind of like with meditating once i did it with guided help enough i was able to i'm able to do it independently now at least to some extent i'm not professing i'm any kind of yogi but um <laughs> i i think it'd be good to build a routine so that i can continue listening to the music that i prefer rather than some instructor telling me different poses to do it does have nice music on the down dog app as we discussed but yeah i'd like to be able to keep the rhythm of my low bpm music instead very smart uh i think maybe going to the next part we're already talking about it like for me i like the stretching routine i have because it's i mean it's pretty basic it's like touch your toes stretch out your hip um like deep low lunge do a little side lunge action uh touch your toes again while sitting down and then do a butterfly and stand up and touch your toes again then like that whole time all that i can focus on is the music i do this for like five ten minutes max and this is you know about 20 ish minutes into music happening right so then i'll go into about a like a 20 minute reading session after that, which we'll get into. But I like that space in the stretching because it's so like, it's so positive to have, I don't know, when you stretch, I'm sure you feel it. Like once you get through that initial, like, oh God, it feels good. It feels nice. And the music, oh, absolutely, it's just nice. So I like that little, the little action there. Yeah, you kind of, touch on my two main motives for doing yin yoga before I go to bed. One of them is getting into those deep stretches. It's when I, when you start into any pose, especially with static stretching, you're not going to, ideally you're not going to start in the position that you'll end in. So like imagine if you're trying to touch your toes and initially your hands fall at your shins, like with 30 seconds, minute, two minutes, your hamstrings start to warm up into the idea of that position and eventually you can get your toes or your fingers to touch your toes so with yin they focus a lot on being able to get deeper and deeper into those poses and it's very cathartic but also relaxing it's it's like it's almost like how sleep works like you're just kind of mm. settling into a position and then you eventually just surrender to that position so that's one reason that i definitely enjoy doing yoga or some kind of stretching before bed. And I think another one is, and they actually touched on this in -hmm. that same study that we referenced about sleep from um, the National Library of Medicine. They were saying that one of the major causes of insomnia or some kind of sleep disorder is physical pain that someone's experiencing. And for Mm -hmm. me, a lot of this is generated when I'm laying in bed in my lower back or in my shoulders. So being able to use the down dog app and put some kind of boost on where it's focusing on one of those areas and releasing a lot of the stress there that I get from running and sitting at a desk for several hours a day. It releases a lot of that physical stress and I go into bed a little more loose so that once I lay down, it's it's not something that bothers me. And then once I clear my mind of thoughts, I now have no physical or mental burden keeping me from sleeping. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, that's that's how that's how I feel about it too. It's like 
you're just going into this this process of, of feeling good, loosening that body up, going into the sleep, and you just you're like, oh god, yeah, like that's the only way I can I can really point it out. And then there's also the overarching like, oh god, yeah, from the the <laughs> music that's just like calming or whatever. You're like, yeah, I mean, because here's my thing, right? And this is the the change that that occurred in my brain when it comes to like how I was viewing sleep before. Uh, it's like what are you doing when you're taking your mind and having it interact with like a device before you're going to bed? Just like, I'm just thinking about it like a, like a converse, weird sort of conversational analogy I'm making here, but it's like, all right, let's, let's do this. Would you, uh, would you, would you give yourself a sedative before you got behind the wheel of a car <laughs> naturally no why would you give yourself would oh, it's like well would you uh inject yourself with uh with adrenaline before you try to go to sleep <laughs> that that's what technology does it's like it's like why would you do that yeah blue light is we should, I, I don't know much about the actual science behind blue light, but I know it's poison. I know it is literally injecting your eyes with adrenaline. I'm going to, I'm writing that down the second right now. We're talking about that someday. <laughs> the the dangerous effects of blue eye. That would be, that'd be a fun thing to read up on. I'm sure there's all kinds of scary studies out there. But yeah, I definitely feel that. And I think you really, the further you get into your nightly routine and you, by some misfortune, need to pick up your phone, you really feel the effects of like how mm. bad that can be. If you're, you won't feel this if you're just constantly stimulated and try to go to bed. But if you are actually 30, 40 minutes into a sleep routine, and then the only reason this ever happens to me is because sometimes I forget to set my alarm. But when I do, I pick up my phone and... I'm like just blinded with this light. I'm like, this is just like the mere screen itself is just like, this is so stimulating. And there's like new notifications that I could address and emails and it's, it's a whole thing, but yeah, you can really feel the effects if you're keeping that within your night routine and you really shouldn't. Yeah. And that's why I like being so intentional about some random stuff and we'll get into meditation in a bit here, but like, you know what my trick is for not because right, I have the call map that I do, right? I'm talking about this whole process without my phone, but I have the call map. So like, how do I get that to happen? Like, how do I get from the music to the meditation without looking at my phone? Homeboy literally got it on the widget right here. And all I got to do is close my end light is like, turn it down. I turned my phone brightness down all the way down beforehand. And then like, I just open it with face ID, swipe up and I know it's on the bottom right. So all I got to do is like put my finger on the bottom right and it plays the daily, like the widget for the daily call map. It doesn't like open up the app. It just opens up the daily meditation. And I'm like, that's, that's dope. I'm just going to do that. That's easy. Damn. That is really good. I need to get hip to that. I just got hip to the, the widget where I can put my, my journaling down sometimes I'll do that on my phone more often than not. I will do that on my phone. Yeah. And, uh, it's good to be able to capture parts of the nightly routine quickly and mitigate that time that you're spending on your phone. That's good. Because it throws off your whole rhythm. Oh, absolutely. And getting into the, the next part of the rhythm would be reading. Mm-hmm. I like how you wrote all this down in the order that you do it. And, my order is the exact same because it just really? it, it naturally makes sense because what do we have after this meditation? And then I think you're done. Sometimes I journal after I meditate, but mm-hmm. reading is always what comes after stretching for me because this is when I finally move into my room. I turn off all the, or I don't turn off all the lights yet, but I, I set it. I set my room into night mode. I got one light and nice. I pick up the, a fiction book from the four hour work week. If you want to go listen to the, that book review is one of the most minor points of the book, but one of the biggest <laughs> takeaways for me and Dimitri is 
when you are reading before bed, you should be reading fiction books. And recently, I was actually on both sides of this um, anecdotal evidence. Like, I've seen both sides of this recently because I was reading The Omnivore's Dilemma, incredibly frustrated with how slow I was moving through this book. But part of the reason I was moving so slow is because you need to be so engaged with that text. It is facts and arguments and just a lot of a lot of thinking this isn't like watching a movie where it's just kind of presented to you like even if you're watching a documentary i i a lot of times will pick up my phone and just write down interesting fact that i hear yeah sure but i'll never do that with like a marvel movie so (laughs) when you're reading a text that you're engaged with intellectually it's going to deter you from reading or deter you from sleeping pardon me because you're just getting too active. You're you're waking yourself back up into doing tasks that you've just been doing all day where you were yeah. super engaged. So more recently, I've been reading The Overstory by Richard Powers. It's a novel about trees and it's it's been really cute. Ooh, and, I like uh, it. Yeah, it's been a, it's spiritual, a little philosophical. It's really been snoozing me to bed. Well, we like to hear that. Uh, I definitely agree with you that like that Tim Ferriss quote no no reason on god's green earth why that should have been the biggest takeaway for us but you know for our work week sleep read read fiction before you go to bed like nobody's taking that away from the title or any of the videos that like review the book but for some reason that's our main takeaway and it helped my sleep a lot this year uh recently honestly i i have been reading the daily or not the day well i have been reading the daily stoic uh, 366 meditations on wisdom prison <laughs> i'll stop um and uh <laughs> at night though i've been reading courage is calling uh, fortune favors the bold or fortune favors the brave by ryan holiday same author as the daily stoic and nice thing about ryan is that he's a marketer he's a very good writer he's a storyteller so his stoic books um egos the enemy written very similarly uh there are just a bunch of like historical stories where he'll be like well martin luther king you know the courage of uh jfk to get martin luther king out of jail even though people told him it it would ruin his uh, political chances against nixon but it ended up getting him the vote like it was it's like a lot of stories like that so it's it's like not fiction necessarily but it's a story more than it's like um, a nonfiction reading that's that's so analytical. Like if I read something like uh, I'm trying to think of another one. If I read like I don't think I'll do it for deep work. Like I, I probably will not read Deep Work by Cal Newport before I go to bed. I'll probably I didn't read Atomic Habits before I went to bed. Like that's clownish. Uh, what what would you like? What would you be like? Oh <laughs> man, dude, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so optimal with my habits. I'm gonna am I gonna sleep now? Oh. Like that just doesn't work. Yeah, doing self care research in the middle. No, pardon me. Doing self help research in the middle of a self care routine doesn't seem that doesn't seem right. That's like water with oil. This just will not mix. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. So I definitely agree with that, and I think you made a nice point of analyzing the four hour work week. There, it's not necessarily fiction per se, but it needs to be storytelling. And hopefully not mm. fact heavy in any sort of way if it is nonfiction storytelling. But yeah, something that you can just kind of like passively move through. It's the way I see it is I'm a big annotator. If it's a text that I'm not going to be annotating, it's something I can read before bed. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Uh I read a few of the Harry Potter books, and I'll probably get back to reading the Harry Potter books after I finish Courage is Calling Fortune Favors the Brave. Uh but it's like <laughs> I think it's bold. I keep saying brave. Uh, and I love how you're sneaking in the the, the subtitles here. I think you're, it's you're funny. so excited about these stuff. I just books. think it's hilarious. Like Ryan Holiday, you want to hear something funny? So Ryan Holiday had Ali Abdal on. I don't know if you ended up listening to that podcast. I started. I have not finished yet. It's long, but it's just funny because like he points out to Ali when when he was talking about the second part of the name. Like you know how there's like the first name and the second name. Yeah. He pointed out to Ali, like, don't worry about the second name. Like, some of my books have second names, but honestly, no one remembers the second name. It's fine. So, it's just funny that he says that. But, like, and then, like, in all of his podcasts, he'll say the full, like, when he was doing his plug, 
I'm like mocking him kind of because when he did his plug for Courage is Calling Fortune Favors of the Bold, like he said it every time. And I'm like, but you don't care about those, but you do care about those. Like, but you don't, but you do. Like what? So it was just funny. Yeah, that that is odd. <laughs> and every time I, I, I he brings kinda... up the Daily Stoic in the podcast, have you noticed that he says that? He always says that. He, says, he always says the other title. 36 med- he's like the Daily Stoic, 36, 366 Meditations on Wisdom, perseverance and the art of living and i'm like when i first heard that i didn't own the daily stoic i was just assuming he was like giving a little like you know like like a marketing blurb at the end but no no no, that's literally the title of the book i'm like homie what i don't get that it's either it goes two ways for me you're either trying to make two adequate titles so that like you get a, a wider market like maybe Courage is calling doesn't hit for me, but like fortune favors the brave. Like, oh, now I now I'm intrigued. That's a or, dope book. Or Courage is calling is this inadequate title to that book, and fortune favors the brave should have just been the title of the book. That's exactly what he says to Ollie in this podcast. This is lit, that's almost word for word. That's hilarious. That's almost word for word what he said <laughs> to Ollie about like the two title things. Like if you need a second title, the first one wasn't adequate. I'm like, but bro, why do you bring it up every time? Anyways. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> Fiction reading, storytelling reading is what gonna, it's what, what is going to lullaby you to bed? Just like any, any good bedtime story, it's going to be fiction. Exactly. So the next thing that me and Dimitri do in our nightly routine is meditate. For me, yes. I have a I have a wide range of things I will do to meditate, but on a typical 15-minute session, I will start with a little Ignatian examine. Loyola University of Chicago has in, embedded me with some Ignatian values, one of those being the the examine created by St. Ignatius of Loyola. And um, essentially, it's this framework of using consolation, consolation, desolation, and then hopes for mm. the future. So you examine over your day and try to find first the moment or some group of moments where you felt that you were experiencing love or faith or growth outward. Like, I don't know, like, on Friday, like I had a really great race and I felt that I was yeah. growing like in some sort of sense. And then yeah. referring back to Friday, maybe that same day I said something really rude to someone and that was a, a turn inward, the opposite of growth or love. It'd be some kind of vice or something like that. You, you reflect on that as well and say, well, maybe I shouldn't do that again. And then I, I, I bring up my hopes for the next day, which is actually really useful when I get into journaling afterward, because it brings in a lot of those anxieties you may have for the next day. You may have an exam that you're hoping to ace or a workout that I want to do well in. Being able to bring those things to the table, address my hopes, but also release the anxiety that may come up when I'm trying to fall asleep here is Mm. super key. And then after I do that, I just clear the mind of thoughts as much as I can. I try to focus on mindfulness, focus on my breath, Imagine a little dot in the middle of my brain and just zone out. I like that you do that. Uh, so my meditation, all right, first and foremost, uh, I was just thinking about something when you said like every day I reflect upon this. I just thought about that meme from the, the watches one stoicism video. Every day I reflect upon death, brother, from the <laughs> captains. <laughs> Make death daily in your thoughts. Every day I reflect upon death. Marcus Aurelius Ryan Holiday. Oh my god. god. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's nice that you reflect on that. It's very healthy to like journal and I think acknowledging because like there's some funny thoughts that if you ever it, it's hard to be objective with yourself. It's like it's hard to be objective with my own videos. It's hard to be objective with my own work that I do on a daily basis. Um that's like not very near and dear to my heart. Uh but like if you try to like objectively look at some thought processes where like you you're thinking about like why did i say that to somebody like that that is really good cuz whether you write it down or you do the the sort of jesuit ignatian um examination of the day it's like yeah like sometimes i'm just a chotch and like i don't know where the, it comes from like i'll i'll think to myself at night i'm like 
I just straight up responded rude to that situation. Unprompted. No reason. Don't know why I did that. And it's good to reflect on that. It's also good to reflect on, you know what? Today I watched my video uh, for, um, I haven't procrastinated in six months. Here's how. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my Ahmed texted me and was like, dude, you made a good video. Like, have you, have you like looked at this video? Like, have you, like, it's a good video. I'm like, all right, like that's weird. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. And then I got halfway through and I was like, you know what? That, yeah. Like, all right, this is a good video. And unless you take yourself into an objective lens about your own, like self, it's hard to, it's hard to see that. And what's interesting enough and in, in like psych, you know, they teach you, it's nice to, to have information be, be presented to your brain before you go to bed because then it'll it'll resonate with you better right so i feel like maybe that helps my mental clarity too or yours with journaling or thinking about it right before bed that's that's possible as well i'm not sure if i'm just extrapolating psych right now or what but you know no i, I kind of hear what you're saying when you're able to bring both the good and fixable parts of your character to the forefront and say this is why I did well today. This is why I want to continue doing better. Those things will resonate with you. But I also think the the mindfulness half of the meditation I like to do is just as helpful because once you recognize these parts of your ego, you you let them go. I don't I don't have them read ego as the enemy, but this is the the bare bones that I've learned from my Buddhism classes is that once you recognize these parts of yourself, you need to be able to recognize the fact that they continue to change, continue to rise and cease to not exist anymore. So being able to realize that you're not the version of yourself that you were today and that you can be better tomorrow alleviates a lot of stress because, I mean, if you if you just want to talk on like a personal level, there are times when I, I say rude things to people and I think about it before I go to bed. I'm just like, damn, like I kind of messed up right there. Didn't apologize when I should have or something like that. And then with this whole thing, we're just trying to get rid yeah. of things that could keep you up at night, whether it be a back soreness or a regret, anything like that. We're trying to remove all the physical and mental ailments that are deterring you from sleep. Great point. Because I, I think when I, when I don't follow this routine as clearly, I'm really mind like my, my mind's just like a all the time with ideas and crap. So I definitely think getting away from it is awesome. I can just conk out. Um, it's like, for almost me, it's like lulling myself to sleep and reducing the amount of time that I have between my head touching the pillow and me falling asleep so that the thoughts of the day and the stressors just don't creep back in because I'm already asleep, so I'm good. Um, I think for me, meditation is just daily calm app, uh, 10, 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid. Um, but you know me, uh, back when I raced, um, I used to do, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb. Uh, <laughs> when, when I used to race, I used to like get mad or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. actually I was not in a great mood the other day about, uh, some things at night. And I was like, you know what, what if I tried to just like do what I did before races to like, cause honestly it was a weird form of meditation. I was so laser focused on the fact that I was like, I'm a baller. I'm a run fast. Like. <laughs> you know and I was just like I listened to some metal and this sounds really dumb this is gonna sound stupid as hell but yeah. I listened to I Am Machine by uh, Three Days Grace right mm -hmm. and it's like have you heard that song yes I know the yeah. song and I just had it playing <laughs> and I played it on repeat three times and I did the same breathing technique that like goes along with meditation I, sl I felt so much better about myself and slept great it was like really weird but I don't know if I'm going to do that much, but most of the time I just do the calm app. But uh, meditation comes in different forms, I guess. I could see that. I can see a big emotional release there where you're just letting all of that anger out. I mean, the anger has never really been an emotion that has been gigantic for me, but that's actually a big thing in um, Tibetan Buddhism is mm. instead of denying emotions subjective experiences like that you actually grasp them and the energy that they carry and for you whether that be anger you take that emotional energy and it pulls you into a better state of tranquility and um 
just relaxation. So it makes sense. That's not an emotion that I particularly call to when I'm trying to meditate. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. Like a real, real quick tangent, uh, something that helped me a lot and helps me a lot with like speaking publicly or just honestly, like on the camera or video would help me a lot right away. And why I think I did okay regarding like how nervous I sounded when I first made videos on the internet, uh, is my choir teacher taught me something really, really interesting. It was like, if you want to get over the nerves of going on stage before a performance, don't hold the feeling back. Don't hold the feeling back of how nervous you are. Actually, what you should do is you should just fall into that thing, understand then from another perspective, like I'm really nervous because I'm about to perform in front of a bunch of people. And right now it's okay that I'm nervous. And if you let that thing just fully overwhelm you, then it has a tense, it has a, then a sense to like leave you because you fully experience that. It's like when someone's holding back tears. Mm Mm-hmm same thing yeah absolutely you're not allowing yourself to have that experience and the relief that comes with it afterward that's actually a large critique against stoicism for a lot of people at least against the ancients yeah but people don't people don't read content people don't like context people people don't read the the stuff in in meditations marcus aurelius says when someone try because people have tried to counteract stoicism with that exact point like marcus Mm -hmm. marcus thought saw the critics early and was like no 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 people can People can feel like, cause he, he got told by one of his, I don't want to say assistants, but like somebody who was working under him in the, in the empire was like, uh, yo, your kid's like being emotional. Like, why isn't he being stoic? And he's like, uh, people can feel. And then <laughs> you have to be stoic. And then the guy was like, oh, dang. oh man. All right, Marcus, my bad. <laughs> I don't know if that's just nepotism or a little, well, philosophical roundabout, whatever it is. Maybe that'd be a conversation for another time. Where does emotion fit into stoicism? Yeah. He says you're allowed to have it. And then it's like that. Um, I know there's a, there's a thing that I've heard, um, uh, like the whole, I'll, like if you're upset about something for more than six months, like get over it. But like, you should allow yourself to feel a certain way about something. Now it doesn't have to be that long. And, but the stoics, the Stoics is funny. There are a lot of critiques about a lot of things the Stoics do, whether it be like, oh, well, they're not, they don't love God or something. It's like, well, they all, Stoicism fundamentally has to exist with, with a God. And like a lot of things I feel like people critique without giving the proper look into. Mm-hmm. Same with, you know, like we talk about like Gary Vee gets a lot of flack. Um, he don't, we don't look into him enough. That, that sort of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. We do love to straw man our opponents or people we don't understand. But to cap up the, the final part of the nightly routine, we've kind of discussed journaling a little bit here, but um, it is the last thing that I do. It's not something that I do every night per se, mostly because of the dangers of blue light and things like that. But I, I, I run the, the pain pleasure analysis, the cost yeah. benefit analysis here. And there are often times during meditation, even when I'm trying to clear my mind that something that I find profound or at least inspiring comes into my mind. I will hold on to that thought and try to keep like a one pointedness to that thought rather than just clearing my mind for the rest of the meditation. And then I'll write that thought down. I find that trying to just hold on to that thought until the next day, or even if it's something menial, it could even be something like, Oh, like I I got a member to pack my lunch in the morning because I forgot to do that tonight or something like that. Not holding on to that thought and just being able to capture that into some kind of second brain, like I have on Notion, being able to do something like that um, alleviates the the final worries for the day to come. Because I think a lot of people sit up and maybe, I, I know people who run through like a checklist in their head of like, oh, this is what I have to get done for the next day. And they'll vocalize that and they find that to be a productive way to release those stresses of what they need to get done before going to bed yeah uh i actually do the same thing uh so i don't particularly journal but if there's a really big thought about like a concept like that went through my day i will whip my phone out at the end of the meditation and just write it down or if because my my favorite part of my routine which is just funny to me is when i press the daily call map 
I have my AirPods in and I have like the, the AirPod case like on my nightstand, but I will take my phone and just chuck it because I have a carpet um, floor in my room and I'll just literally chuck that thing. And it's funny because yeah. like, <laughs> I just threw my phone. And, but the thing is, if for some reason at the end of the meditation, something does come to mind, like, oh, I got to do this or whatever, I will go walk over and do it. Because the bent, like you said, the the whole, like, you're, uh, is it benefiting me to to not let that release happen uh, in comparison to what the blue light's going to do for like 20 seconds? Eh, uh, no, I'm going to be stressed about not writing it down. So I'm going to, I'm going to write it down. Exactly. And who knows that could become a really powerful video or system improvement for you that could do a lot more than the 20, 30 minutes that you lose of sleep. Wait a second. What if, and you can do this too, you're a post-it guy. What if you just had a, I don't know if you have a nightstand situation. I'm visualizing your room. I don't think you do, but I do. What if I just like had a post-it note, with a pen just in case. Oh, I think that would be powerful because oh, y'all let's go. My solution before was always to get a physical journal, but then I like having everything digitized now. Yeah, me and, too. Yeah. And on the second brain. So that that's a nice little segue to get that onto the second brain first thing in the morning by having a little post-it note. Seems like a nice solution. Yeah. Put put post-it notes on your system improvement. Ah, a little second brain system improvements. <clears throat> All right. So as we we're gonna cap out the the nightly routine, a couple questions, Dimitri. How long have you been doing this new nightly routine? How many hours did you of sleep did you get before? How many do you get now? And how has the quality of that sleep changed, not just quantity? Wonderful questions across the board. Thank you, Chance. Uh, so first and foremost, I got, uh, I've been doing this since mid-August. Mm-hmm. In uh, full? Yeah. Second would be, I used to get, honestly, I averaged like six, uh, six and a half, probably. Uh, was my six and a half to seven and a half was my eh. I, I was more of a six guy I'll be honest like I used to just like I would go to bed at 11 and wake up at five that that was me most of the time I mean you yeah. live with me you remember like oh me just going to bed but like somehow I'd managed to be up till 11 um <laughs> and like just walk and like go to the bathroom but I was really up doing stuff um uh, and then now I will, I average like seven and a half. Not now I really do get that proper sleep. And I, I think you'll talk to this as well. It's like, I stopped waking up in the middle of the night. Absolutely. I was actually, when I was, um, listening to the audiobook by, uh, Michael Pollan caffeine, he talks about a lot of sleep science. I probably mentioned this on the last episode, but one of the biggest indicators of the quality of your sleep is how often you're getting up to go to the bathroom or just flipping over in general in between REM cycles. If you're not waking up in between REM cycles, that is a sign of very healthy sleep. And before, if you want to talk about the, the hours of sleep that I got before, I started this routine probably like a month ago. Like I said, with the yoga 30-day challenge, it really solidified itself. So probably like six weeks now. But number of hours has only changed marginally. I've kind of moved the the spectrum from seven and a half to eight to now eight to nine. So it's definitely okay. increased as I've been more intentional with my sleep. But the quality is what is what I have truly seen. Because this year I do not live near my bathroom. Last year my living situation was different and my bathroom was a lot closer to my bedroom. But now yeah. I have to cross the the dining room to get to the bathroom and um I, I don't enjoy having to do this, so I'm trying to minimize how much I have to do it, and getting better sleep has been a real solution to that. I, If I get up, I get up once, whereas before I used to get up two, three times a night to go to the bathroom. So the quality has definitely increased for my sleep. That's really good. I didn't, I didn't know it was that often. Two, three times. Oh, is... I'd go all the time. Ah, that's unfortunate. Uh, that's hard. It's tough. I would watch my... My dad always did it as um as a child. And he would just tell me like, oh, this is how it is. I always have to go pee. 
but uh, and you know it's one of those things where it's like oh like it's one of those um i don't know if that'd be nature or nurture i guess it's nature it's it's one of those nature things where you kind of want to roll over and say that's just how it'll be it's genetic (laughs) but um that's funny i think i've i think i've flipped the script here with my night routine and changed it so that i don't get up as much as my father does he probably just doesn't have a great nighttime routine definitely does not i know his bedtime routine it's not the best yeah and no routine isn't a routine so uh yeah i don't i don't get up in the middle of the night as much as i used to i also was right next to my bathroom before uh and you know it's just it's just so nice to like wake up in the morning and be like oh i'm done with this thing because you and i've had discussion about this a lot in life like i don't like sleep I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not like opposed. Okay, I'm not opposed to the concept of like mm, I'm doing nothing for seven and a half hours. But also, I kind of am because it's like, oh man, like you, you like life being awake's good. But I'm aware that it, it is required in order to make the rest of the life great. And once I have like come to terms with that fact, now I'm having better sleep. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting how I would say the needle for me hasn't moved a crazy amount either. But the quality is just so good. It's just so much. Like I used to get good sleep. Now I get great sleep. Because uh, I was a I was a pretty quick knockout before. Like I was a freak. I would be able to be on my phone and then conk out. Fine. Uh, immediate, not immediately, but pretty quickly. Like it wasn't that number of like 20, what is it? 27 to 63 minutes. No, nah, it was still like 10 minutes. But like now I just conk out in like two minutes. It It's nuts. Yeah, see, and I think that's a big misconception for people about sleep health. People think that the only like metric in this whole system is how quickly it takes you to get to sleep. But now it's how you perform during the sleep as well is a huge metric as to how the quality of your sleep is going. Like people who just conk out think that they're great sleepers, but if they're rolling over all night and getting up to go to the bathroom, you're not a great sleeper. Yeah, because people will fall asleep immediately due to exhaustion just as much as they will fall asleep immediately due to uh, being calm and feeling feeling nice and, and relaxed. However, those th- things are very, it's hard to distinguish those things to, to most people, but making the time beforehand to get that real calmness in the body will let you stay asleep. And it's more important than, like for example, if you're able to stay asleep and not wake up in the middle of the night, not ruin a REM cycle ever, I mean, that that is inherently better than you getting 30 minutes more of sleep because you're a quick sleeper because you're not breaking the, the very good thing, which is just continuously having REM cycles until you wake up on the final one. Exactly. Exactly. And do you want to talk about intermittent fasting? The, the, an extra benefit, extra little uh, tip here to the nightly routine? Yeah. If, if, if people are interested in it, uh, I would say... This is just a, a basic rule. You don't have to intermittent fast as much as like, you know, just here's a tip. Uh, and I noticed this a lot in, 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 in my life recently. Just after dinner, say if you're going to have dessert, just have it then. Just overnight fast. Just overnight fast. Don't, uh, don't be eating past like 7 p.m. Uh, if you're going to go to bed at 10 or whatever, or like 8 if you're going to bed at 10 or just if you believe like three to four hours between the time you go to bed, if possible, you know, two to four, I guess. And just try to, after dinner, if you're going to have your sweet, eat it right away. And then the longer amount of time that you get there, like I've noticed since I've intermittent fasted, I mean, like I just sleep, I think I sleep better because I'm just not as full. And there is actually like science to show that a few things, generally speaking, will, will make you have a harder time falling asleep, uh, being full. Uh, being intoxicated, uh, blue light, and obviously stress. I, I I do think, from my experience, the science I've seen also agrees with you. Um, as someone who deals with indigestion and acid reflux, anyone who deals with that, having food before bed is uh, it's a death sentence. So, lots of benefits to be had there as well. I try to cut off my eating fairly early but i haven't getting into the late night snack recently i gotta i gotta get off that train unfortunately but uh any last thoughts dimitri as we wrap up this episode about the 
ideal nightly routine? Um, I think just find something that works for you and understand the importance of it and, and stick with it. None of our experiences are going to be the exact same. And it's, you know, we, we consume a lot of the same content. We're both, we've both been runners. Like we were roommates. Like obviously us having a similar routine is like, you know, I feel like maybe there's a certain thing where it's like, Oh, both of them basically have the same night routine. It's probably great. Let's do it. It's like, yeah, maybe like you could do it. I'm not saying like try ours and it's probably going to do okay. But just know that find something that works for you while, because I know I like to hedge or whatever, but like try to find something that works for you. But please, God, don't be that person that's like, but I could also fall asleep on my phone. It's like, all right, just like do your routine, but at least follow the science along with it rather than making the excuses. Exactly. Do something just because we do the same thing doesn't make it gospel by any sense. I think that, I mean, I finally have made this into a concrete set routine but before i was just piecemealing this so experiment play with different things whether it be the soft music skincare reading stretching it's all helpful so see what works and what doesn't stick and um build your own routine for yourself it's uh it's all good stuff and there's even more i'm sure someone could convince me there's 10 other things out there that could also help me sleep well so <laughs> this isn't this isn't final word but uh with that, um, thank you everyone for listening to episode 70 of the Rise Productive Podcast. 71. And I oh. will... Whoa. That's crazy. And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.